joining us today on our podcast, Yasha, young and sharing his anointing. First, I'd like to thank each and every one who's tuning in today, listening to our podcast. On behalf of Elder Walker, as well as myself and our entire family, we'd like to wish each and every one of you a very merry, merry Christmas. Today on our Let's Wrap reading, we're going to be speaking on the subject of Unto Us is Given. It is going to be coming from Isaiah, the ninth chapter, beginning at the sixth verse. Unto us, a child is born. Unto us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Let's wrap. Just to give you a little background information about the book of Isaiah. Now, traditionally, Isaiah is thought to have been the son of the prince of Judah. He certainly was not uncomfortable in the presence of kings. He was richly advanced in education and culture. He ministered for over 40 years. Now, the book of Isaiah contained more prophecies about the Messiah than any other book in the Old Testament. In fact, the plan of salvation is so comprehensively revealed in Isaiah's work that Augustine called it the fifth gospel. Now, as we begin to focus on Isaiah on the ninth chapter, beginning at the sixth verse, we can clearly see that the uh, prophet Isaiah wrote, For unto us a child is born. When he talks about unto us a child is born, he's talking about the humanity of Jesus. We all know that Jesus was human and divine, truly lived and died, suffered and died on the cross. He rose again from the dead and is coming again. We also know that he had to come in human being form. He had to come in the form of a child according to scripture and according to prophecy. We also know that he came as a human because he had to endure temptations, the same temptations that we will face but yet without sin. We know that Hebrew 4 and 15 tell us, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who was in every sense tempted like we are. Now that verse lets us know that unto us was given. What was given? A high priest. A high priest was given to us so that he can sympathize with every weakness, everything that we go through. One of the greatest tricks from the enemy to deceive us is to say to us often, when you're going through your situation or your circumstances, that you're going through this all alone, that no one understands you. No one has never been through this before. But I stop by to tell you today, there is a high priest that was given unto you that can sympathize, that understand your weaknesses. He knows exactly what you're going through. He's been there and he went through it without sin. He was tempted just like we're tempted, but yet without sin. Now, as we begin to look at the second part of that verse, it says unto us, a son is given. Now, when we look at the word a son is given, that implies the deity of our Savior, the deity of Christ. He existed before his birth. He is, in fact, the second person of the Trinity. We know that we are tripart beings. Um, so is our Father, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Uh, Philippians 2, 6, and 7, it says to us, although he existed in the form of God, he did not think of it as to be equal to God, but emptied himself. He emptied himself of his royal state and he lowered himself, taking on to him the form of a servant and being made in the likeness of men. 
So that lets us know that Jesus Christ, God himself, stepped down out of heaven, came down in the likeness of men. Because the Bible tells us that we were made in his image. We were created in his likeness. He came down in the form of men. He came as the son of God, God in human flesh, to conquer sin and death forever. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. So when we begin to look at that, the government will rest upon his shoulder. That affirms, affirms his lordship. This verse talks about the future. It talks about Christ will reign over everything, all earthly kingdoms and governments of this world. In that day, the government of the world, the whole world, this entire world will rest upon his shoulders. I know we're living in a time now where it doesn't look like it. it looks like there's chaos all around us on every side. But I assure you, the day is going to come that Jesus Christ is going to rule and reign over the government, over this entire world. But until that time, his kingdom is in the spiritual form. And at this time, his rule is over those who trust and obey him as Lord. Um, his kingdom is currently to come. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, we, we know that one day his kingdom, the invisible kingdom, will become visible. The Bible tells us at that day that every knee shall bow, every tongue must confess that Jesus is Lord. We know that at that time, the invisible will become visible and he is going to reign forever and ever and ever. And to his kingdom, there will be no end. Now, as I begin to look at the scripture in Isaiah, the ninth chapter, we see that Isaiah was telling us that unto us, there will be a child. A child will be born. He said unto us, a son will be given. Um, so unto us, he was born unto us. He was given. He said, and then the government shall be upon his shoulder, speaking of future events that were to come. And then he goes on to tell us what he should be called. He said, and his name shall be called wonderful. His name shall be called wonderful counselor. Now, when we begin to look at that, Christ is wonderful. And we can look at the word wonderful. Wonderful means inspiring, delight, pleasure, admiration, extremely good, marvelous. He said, Christ is all these things. Christ is wonderful. Christ is inspiring. Christ is delightful. Christ is pleasure. Christ should be admired for he is extremely good. He is marvelous. Marvelous is the works of his hand. He goes on to tell us that Christ is all these things. We shouldn't be aspiring to be like anybody but Christ. We should take our delight in Christ. The Bible tells us to, to delight ourselves in the Lord. It tells us that we should take pleasure in the Lord and the Lord will take pleasure in us. He should be the one that we admire. He should be the one that we look up to. He should be the one that we go to in the time of need. Why? Because Isaiah told us that he's a wonderful counselor. Now we look at the word counselor. We know that counselor is a person trained to give guidance on a personal, social, or psychological problem, an advisor, a consultant, a guide, a mentor. And Isaiah is telling us uh, in the ninth chapter, in the sixth verse, that Jesus is all of that. Jesus is our guidance. Jesus is the one that we should go to for our personal needs, our social needs, our psychological problems, whatever it is that you're going through, Jesus is all that. Jesus is your advisor. Jesus is your consultant. We should go before the Lord. It said, bring everything to the Lord. Pray always without ceasing. Bring all our troubles to the Lord. Pray about everything. Worry about nothing. We should continually go before the Lord. If we want leadership, we want guidance. He, there's no greater mentor than Jesus Christ. So unto us, 
was given a wonderful counselor. Unto us was given a consultant. Unto you was given an advisor. Unto you is given a guidance. So why are we going to the world? Why are we going to other people uh, about our situations or our circumstances when we can go to the one that created us, the one who made us? Now, we know that in the Bible, Jesus said the Father and I are one. So when you're looking at Christ, you're looking at the Father. We know that Christ is the source of all truth. We know that in the beginning was the word, the word was God, the word was with God, and in the beginning was God. Uh, we know that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, that no man cometh unto the Father but by him. So the only way to get to the Father, don't let nobody fool you and nobody trick you, but it's through Jesus Christ. That is the only way to get to the Father. Now, many of us are always turning everywhere else for counseling always turn into our friends and our family members. Some of us have our own personal psychologists or psychiatrists. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. If you need the extra help, you go ahead and get the extra help. But we turn to philosophers. Many uh, in the world turn to spiritual advisors, gurus, or astrologers, and and, and that's word. We, we take their word above everything. No more, Whatever they say, do we do it? Instead of consulting the one who created you, creator God, creator uh, Jesus Christ, he is all that we need. Uh, Isaiah clearly told us that he is the wonderful counselor because why he is God, the source of all truth. I challenge you today with any situation or circumstance that you may go through or be going through, consult the father, go to the father and pray about it. Sincerely seek God for an answer. God will reveal himself through his Holy spirit, through the word, through other men and women of God. He'll send you a word. Trust God for whatever your situation or your circumstance might be. Why? Because he is the wonderful counselor. Now, when we look down further in that scripture, Isaiah began to tell us he is the mighty God. It says he is the mighty God, not a mighty God. I love that Isaiah said the mighty God, because if he said a mighty God, that would put him in the category with other gods, with a little g. But we know that our God is sovereign. We know that he reigns for he is the true and living God. Now in Psalms, the 24th chapter in the eighth verse in the Psalm of David, we can see that David is asking a question. David said, who is this King of glory? Then he goes on to answer his own question. He said, the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Now mighty mean possessing great and impressive power or strength especially on the count of size. Now, I want you to know today that we serve a big God. We serve a mighty God. We serve a God that's strong and mighty, David say, mighty in battle. In other words, there is nothing that you go through that Jesus can't handle, for he is mighty. He is possessing great and impressive power and strength. So when I begin to think about what Isaiah was trying to say to us, Isaiah was trying to say, Unto us was given a wonderful counselor who we can go to for advice, who we can go to for guidance, who we can go to for counseling. But not only that, that just know that we also serve the mighty God. Now, when I begin to read this, I begin to understand how great a news this is. Not only do I have a, a wonderful counselor I can go to, but I have a counselor who has my back. My counselor is the mighty God, a God that is strong and mighty, a God who is big, who is uh, impressive power and strength. And there is nothing too hard for him who hold all power in his hand, who's sovereign, who's who's mighty, who's omnipotent, who's omnipresent. A, a God who is unchangeable. He's the mighty God who informed us in his word that we can do all things through him that strengthen us. He's the same mighty God that said in his word, he has not given us 
his children a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. He's the same mighty God that said in his word, when the enemy comes in like a flood, that his spirit would lift up a standard against him. We can surely say with all certainty that the Lord is on our side, that he is the mighty God, that if he be for us, who can be against us? He said that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. For he is the mighty God. He's the same God to say that they that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I want somebody to hear me today and be encouraged to know that you serve the mighty God, not a mighty God, not one of many, but the mighty God. Jesus Christ will come back and rule this earth. He displayed his divine power by bringing order to this chaotic world around us. He's displaying his divine power by bringing order to your, to your chaotic life. No matter what it is you're going through right now, God is going to bring divine order to your situation or your circumstance right now. I just want you to be encouraged today to not to give up. Help is on the way. Christ is God. He is Lord of Lords. He is King of Kings. He has defeated sin and death. He can forgive you of your sins. He has defeated Satan and set us free from the power of sin. You have been redeemed by his blood, bought with a price, purchased with the blood of Jesus. He is a restorer of the brokenhearted. If you are brokenhearted today, he is here to restore you. Forever he shall reign as Lord. He is the mighty God. As we continue to dig down into that verse, we also see that Isaiah went on to say that he is the everlasting father. When we think about everlasting father, we're thinking about father of eternity. When we know, when we look at the word eternity or what everlasting mean, we know that there is no end, endless, uh, never ending, uh, perpetual, enduring, infinite, uh, boundless. We know it goes on and on and on to his kingdom. There shall be no end. He is eternal father. The phrase literally means father of eternity. It is clearly referenced in biblical truth that Christ is creator of heaven and earth. We know in Hebrew, uh, the first chapter 10 and 12, God, the father is saying to Christ, the son, you Lord in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth. The heavens are the works of your hand. They will perish, but you remain. They all will become old like a garment and like a mantle. You will roll them up like a garment. They will also be changed, but you are the same and your years will not come to an end. So we know that the father was saying to Christ, the son, that you were right there in the beginning. You have laid the foundation of the earth. We know that the Bible tells us Jesus Christ is the word. We know that God spoke the word. He said, let there be light. And there was light. He was speaking Jesus. He was calling those things that be not as though they were. That's why our words are powerful. He was speaking those things into existence. And the Bible says that the spirit of God moved upon the face of the earth. And we know that the spirit of God represents the Holy Spirit. So that lets us know that the Trinity was there working all in one accord from the beginning of time. We know that he is the creator. He is the sustainer of everything. That includes you and me. It is in him that we live. We move and we have our being. To him who is Alpha and Omega. He is our first and our last. He is the beginning and the end. He is the sole ruler. He knows us. 
He knows us. He know our beginning from our end. He said, "When I, if I go to the heavens, you are there. If I go to the othermost parts of the earth, you are there. He said, he know our thoughts from afar. The Bible lets us know that the very hairs of our head are numbered. He tells us that Jesus, that the Lord has our name engraved in the palm of his hand. He lets us know that he knew us before the foundation of this world. He told David that I knew you before you were formed into your mother's womb. What is Isaiah saying to us today? That unto us was given a father of eternity. Unto us was given an everlasting father. Before we go into let's apply, let's just recap. So unto us was given. What was given? Unto us was given a child, Jesus in all of his humanity. The Bible says a high priest, one who can bear with our infirmities, who knows exactly about all of our weakness and the things that we grow through. Unto us was given a son, implying the deity of our Savior, the second and the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Isaiah said, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. Unto us is given a wonderful counselor. He is our inspiration. He is our delight. In him we take pleasure. He is our counselor. He is our consultant. He is our guide. He is our advisor. He is our mentor. He is the mighty God, possessing great power, great strength. He is our everlasting father. To him there is no end. He is endless. He is boundless. He is infinite. Now let's apply. In conclusion, Isaiah goes on to tell us, in Isaiah, the ninth chapter in the sixth verse, he is the Prince of Peace. I used to wonder why God would allow us to go through certain things in our life, certain situations, certain circumstances. One day, God answered that question for me. Many of you know my personal testimony. And if you don't, I encourage you to listen to our Let's Wrap podcast entitled Take Off the Mask. Powerful. But God answered the question for me and let me know why I had to go through all of the things I went through. He said, Shanina, it is that you might be a witness unto me that through your suffering, someone that might be going through a similar situation that you went through might know that there is a bomb in Gilead. Just like he healed me, I want you to know today he can heal you also. To some of you, as Isaiah said, he is the Prince of Peace. But to me, he is my Prince of Peace. This thing became personal to me. Sometimes we can just talk about a situation or talk about a thing or talk about what we know through book knowledge. But when you have personally experienced a thing, you then know it for yourself. And I can boldly declare today that he is my Prince of Peace. For there was a time in my life when I didn't have any peace. There was a time in my life when I found myself suicidal and depressed from one mental institution to another mental institution. But I stop by to tell you today that Jesus is my Prince of Peace. I often have a saying that I tell others, I protect peace at all costs. Some of you may not understand what I'm talking about today, but if you ever grew up in your life where your life was full of turmoil and you had no peace, and then you find peace, you'll protect peace at all costs. What am I talking about? I'm talking about you won't just let anybody in your environment with drama or baggage or anything that's going to take the peace out of your life. You will cut off those dead weight relationships, those relationships that don't bring you anything but a bunch of chaos in your life. Anything that takes my peace from me, I distance myself from that. I've learned that over the years. It took me time to learn that. It took me time to learn how to grab a hold to peace and hold on to peace at all costs. So I asked the question today, what are we worried about? 
We are servants of the Prince of Peace. There is no reason for us to walk around full of stress and anxiety and worry and to defeat when we have the Prince of Peace ruling our lives. Jesus is our Prince of Peace. He offers us peace from God. And I'm not talking about just any peace. I'm talking about a peace that surpasses all understanding. The kind of peace that will keep and guard your hearts and your minds. I'm talking about the kind of peace when others are trying to figure out how you're still standing after they've done everything they can to destroy you. The peace of God that keeps you in the midst of turmoil. When the devil thought that he had you, yeah, just like when you felt at that last moment that you couldn't take anymore, that you was about to lose your mind, the Prince of Peace stepped in and commanded that all anxiety, all fear, all oppression and depression bow down to the authority of the Prince of Peace, which is Jesus Christ. Psalms 147 and 11 tells us, who are those with whom he is pleased. They are those who have yielded their lives to the authority of his government. I'm talking about the Prince of Peace. The Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear him and those that hope in his mercy. We should have hope in his mercy. Why? Because we were sinners who needed his forgiveness. We must place our lives under his government. We must place our lives under the Prince of Peace in order for us to be able to have that peace that surpasses all understanding. We must come to the full understanding that it's not about us, that Jesus gave his own sinless, guiltless life on our behalf, that he died for our sins, that we might be able to come boldly to the throne of grace, that we might obtain mercy, that we don't get the punishment that we actually deserve. Jesus paid the cost for us through his blood. We must be willing to turn away from our sin and embrace him by faith and realize that we can never earn his favor. That is by faith. We begin to think about the Prince of Peace and we begin to think about this time of the year, Christmas, and we begin to think about why we celebrate Christmas. And we begin to think about the angels announcements, announcing to the world peace on earth, declaring the arrival of the only one, the ultimate gift that God has given to us. We have to cherish the gift, the gift of Jesus Christ, and not let the message get caught up or lost in this season. I want to remind you that it's easy to get caught up in the hustle and the bustle of this holiday season. I encourage you to remember the reason for the season. Although the world is working hard to remove Jesus from this season, and we've made it about Santa Claus and about toys and about shopping and commercialization of getting more than given, I encourage you to remember it's not about us. In this season, the real reason we celebrate is the birth of our Savior, the birth of our wonderful Counselor, the birth of the Mighty God, the birth of our Eternal Father, the birth of the Prince of Peace, for He indeed is our hope. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I just thank you, God. I thank you for everything that you have done, God. I thank you for how you came and thought it not robbery to come. God, that we might have the right to the tree of life. You came in the form of a human, oh God. You suffered and you died on the cross, oh God. But you you went back, God, in, in your spiritual form to sit on the right hand of the Father, oh God. And you will come back, Father, but you will come back as a king, God. We thank you today, God, for everything that you have done and everything you are doing in our lives, God. We thank you for this season, oh Father. Help us not, God, that we will forget what it's all about, God. That it's not about us, oh Father, but it's about you, God. It's about your sovereignty. It's about you reigning and ruling forever for your kingdom in your kingdom there shall be no end oh god god we ask that you would search our heart and our souls today god the sin that you find in us move it out of the way creating us a clean heart renew a right spirit oh god forgive us god for everything that we've made this god how we've put you to the side oh god and and took you for granted oh father help us 
to put you, God, Christ, back in Christmas, oh, Father. Lord, we love you today, and we praise you, and we magnify you. We glorify your holy name, God. We just thank you for each and every one, God, under the sound of my voice. God, I pray for their protection, oh, God, as they go into this new year, God. Cover them with your blood, Father. Lead us and guide us like only you can. Give us a hunger and a thirst for your word like never before, God. Help us to seek your face in this new year like never before. Lord, we just love you and we praise you. It is in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As always, I thank you for listening to Yasha, young and sharing his anointing. I am Elder Shanina Walker. Until next time, have a blessed